Yeah, thank you for having me, Tim. Uh, quickly, the biography here. Stone Mountain, that area of DeKalb County. I grew up where Rock, uh, Rockdale County, Conyers, that area. Yeah, so I moved to Stone Mountain at the age of 10 from, from Michigan. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom and I moved out to Rockdale County a few years later, went to Rockdale County High School. Uh, so I, I, I spent my, my high school years in Rockdale County, and then I moved to Walton County at about the age of 24. I'm just noting the, the, the biography here and the, the various things you've done over your life, things that, oh, I don't know, include uh, Spanish, learning the language, learning martial arts to the extent that you open a karate school, a, a dojo, and you instruct karate students. You've been in the publishing business. Uh, to fill in some of those blanks. Yep. No, look, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. And starting with the, the martial arts business, I was as a martial artist early in my career. I opened my, my first business at the age of 19, which was a karate school. And it was, uh, I was very young to open a business at that age. And I was also a young martial artist. Uh, I was a black belt, which, you, you know, you're just kind of getting going. Imagine if you, uh, you know, if you just graduated from college and you start something, it's the same way. You get your black belt, you start a karate school. It's, 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 a, it's an early start. But I was an entrepreneur. I started with seven students. Uh, I built the business one month at a time, one student at a time, to by the time I was 24, we had one of the largest martial arts studios <laughs> in the state of Georgia. So it was, uh, I, I really found my stride with that. What about, I want to talk about that just quickly here. What about that specifically, martial arts? I, I knew a guy once was, was a boxing instructor. This was over in Augusta. And he, he was very successful in business, uh, like yourself. But he, he, would, he started this little boxing go one kid in the garage, right? And, and it turns into, much like your, your dojos, your, your very successful enterprise. And, and, but his point was to get these kids off the streets and active and involved in something. And, you know, like, you got to stay in school if you want to be in this boxing club, that kind of thing. And he turned around a lot of lives, had an Olympic champion on, on his resume there. What do you see happen in young lives when it comes to something, specifically something involving athletics and physical effort? That's always been a strong suit for me. And you're right. If you're going to get into that line of work, if, whether it's martial arts or anything involving coaching kids, kids are your passion. And uh, the martial arts industry is no different. Eighty percent of my customers were children. And you're not just trying to teach them a valuable physical skill. You're trying to teach them life skills. And especially when you're looking at martial arts, there's a lot of honor, respect, patience, tradition that, that's involved in that. So absolutely, that was a, a big part of what I taught was not just being good at kicking people, but being a good person overall. Mark McMain with his candidate for Congress. Let's talk about that. Uh, why are you deciding that now is the time to run for Congress? You know, I've been self-employed since the age of 19, and over the past 30-some years, I've built a skill set that I know is going to help me in D.C. Uh, I'm fiscally responsible. I look at things from a pragmatic position, and I have the energy to go to Washington and represent the 10th District we need people who have walked in our shoes, your shoes, Tim, my shoes. Right now, in my opinion, the, the vast part of D.C. is filled with people who live in a bubble. And they don't know what you and I do on a daily basis. They haven't come from hard times. They haven't built businesses from scratch. And so that skill set that I've developed over the past 30 years is precisely what we need especially when we're looking at the House of Representatives. It's the way our founding fathers had designed this to be. They didn't, they never imagined it was going to be elites. They wanted people of the people to represent them. And that's what I am. I'm, yeah. I'm an ordinary guy. I, had, I hear what you're saying, Mark McMain, candidate for Congress. I'm remembering, a, it turns out to be a friend of mine now, who ran for a seat locally, a local government some years ago, and said much the same. Okay, well, we need people to understand business because nobody's representing the business owner. 
the problem with that is, and it wound up costing my friend in the election, is that the voters don't have any appreciation for it either. You know, well, most people in Washington, most voters aren't entrepreneurs. Most voters are, are signing the backs of paychecks and not the front of them. Uh, so they don't have the perspective that you're trying to bring to bear here. Yeah, That's going to be a challenge also, for you, wouldn't you think? Well, no, I think most voters are also disgusted with D.C. as it is right now, and the polls show that, that Congress has a very low approval rating. So I think most voters <laughs> are sick of the elites, of the Ivy League attorneys that are running our country, and they want regular people, their neighbors, to represent them. Now, look, I, I, I say I'm an ordinary guy, but I've always strived to do extraordinary, extraordinary things. So there's a skill set that I do think you need to have to go to D.C. I think you need to be able to show that you are a fire starter, <clears throat> that you are fiscally responsible, that you are a fighter. There's certain things that you have to be able to demonstrate to go there and be successful. But what my point is, is we do not have to be, we do not have to be elite to go there. And I even hate using that phrase, mm-hmm. but we've allowed the elite to run this country for the past several decades and it's not working out. Mark McMain with his candidate for Congress. Uh, now, the redistricting session over the last couple of months and have redrawn the district to some extent. Does that impact your campaign at all? Or do you, are you in the district now? You know oh, absolutely. Huh? Yeah, No, it didn't impact us at all. I'm from Walton County. Mm-hmm. So Walton County is still wholly within the 10th district. We lost a couple counties on the south end of the district and we gained a couple counties on the north. But no, no impact to my campaign whatsoever. And so full steam ahead in terms of fundraising and gearing up for what is May 24th, I guess it is? Absolutely. Right now it's May 24th. That's subject to change. But absolutely, yeah, we're, we're full steam ahead and we're doing great. It does start there. Uh, there is an effort. Matter of fact, President Biden, Kamala Harris, the vice president, going to be in Atlanta, I think it is, tomorrow to talk about this this congressional Democrat effort to federalize state and local elections. Start there. I, I'm going to guess you're against this. Oh, 100%. I mean, the federal government, we're trying to reduce their power. And what they're trying to do is now tell Georgia how to operate our elections. And we can't let that happen, Tim. I mean, it's... Uh, it, we know how to do we know how to handle our elections here we had the 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 issue in 2020 but with the election integrity act that we passed we've made cheating more difficult so we we can manage our own elections here in georgia we don't need the federal government's help Uh, talk about 2020 for a moment what do you think happened in 2020 look i think what happened especially when you look at the mail-in ballots that's where the door opened for some nefarious action that took place the, uh, I also like to look closer at what Zuckerberg did and the amount of money that he invested, the $450 million and a, and a generous portion that came to Georgia. And what did they do and what were their efforts in trying to hope or uh, maybe they're hopefully trying to secure or harvest ballots. And so there's some some, again, possible nefarious action on, 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 on in that endeavor. So that's something that we have to look at closely as well. Mark McBain, candidate for Congress. Uh, you mentioned Senate Bill 202, uh, championed by, signed by Governor Brian Kemp, who is facing primary opposition himself now in the person of not only Vernon Jones, Democrat turned Republican, but more notably, former Senator David Perdue. You, you got a dog in that fight? You picking a side in this one? Look, I, uh, I, I think that Governor Kemp deserves a second term. Uh, he's the most conservative governor that we've ever had. Uh, when you look at the heartbeat bill that he signed into law, he, he was staring down the gun of Hollywood, who was threatening to pull all of their billions of dollars of investment from Georgia if we passed that bill. Well, he passed it, and they stayed. So it, would you look at how he managed the pandemic, Tim? Uh, I'm a small business owner, and there's a lot of us that would have been directly affected if we had been shut down. If Stacey Abrams had been our governor, 30% of our businesses would have shut down like they did in New York and New Jersey and Michigan if they had shut down our state. So Governor Kemp and keeping his open, that was a huge boost to our economy. But I also respect David Perdue and I respect the primary process. And so what my commitment is that whoever comes out of that fight, 
I will support and get behind because we need to have a Republican governor next time around. Uh, Mark McMain, candidate for Congress. Thoughts on Donald Trump? Uh, There's still the talk that he might run again in 2024. Time will tell on that one. Your thoughts, Donald Trump, the president, Donald Trump, the ex-president. What are your thoughts on him? I'm a huge advocate for the America First policy. I, I, you know, when you look at what Donald Trump did for our country, whether it was energy independence, securing our border, boosting our economy, the list goes on. President Trump had the blueprint to get our nation back on track. And that's what we have to continue with is his America First policy. Um, he, there's no doubt he still controls the Republican Party. I mean, he is he is the kingpin and we need. Is that good in your view or? Well, I, I, I get it. There's people that, that don't like Donald Trump, especially on the Republican side. I have you know, I know Republicans who don't like the president mainly because of his behavior and his language and the way he communicates. I do cut him some slack. I mean, let's face it, from day one when he was elected, he was under attack, under assault. His family was under attack. So he's a fighter. He, he, he went to defend himself. Did he do it the right way? A lot of times, no. I mean, he said things that I wish he didn't say. But I also look at actions, and I look at what he did for our nation, and that's what I'm looking at is the blueprint that Donald Trump provided for us as the Republican Party to get America back on track. So his personal flaws aside— his blueprint is what I'm focusing on. A couple of issues you, you touched on there. Let's let's spend a moment talking about them. Number one, the border. Uh, to what extent do we have a problem and, and how might we go about fixing it? Well, we've had about a million undocumented illegal immigrants enter this country over the past year. and We have no clue where they are. I think this is the Democrats or the left side way of, of importing votes. Um, look, I, I can speak to this subject better than anybody else in this race. My wife is an immigrant from Mexico. She came here legally. We went through the process. How long did that take? Oh, several years. Mm. And I had to get some congressmen involved at the time to, to help us not just uh, expedite the process, but to complete the process. So it is insulting to us when we see people entering this country illegally. I have a, a vested interest in this. So, yes, we have to secure our border and we have to deal with with the illegal immigrant process, because this is not, when you look at the strain that it's placing on communities, especially border towns, it's catastrophic what it's doing. And meanwhile, the, the, the Democrats in D.C. are completely at peace with letting it continue. Well, yeah, and from their perspective, what's happening isn't a bug, something that needs correcting. It, it's, it's their desired outcome. How do you get past that? Well, it, it, what's interesting, Tim, go back 20 years and go look at what some of the Democrats was spa- were, were talking about of illegal immigration. None of them were for it back then. They are now. Mm. But back 20 years ago, they sounded like we were. They wanted secure borders. They wanted to be sure that people, well, look, we love immigrants. We just want them to come here legally. You literally do. You married one. That's right. Yeah, Mark McMain. <laughs> a beautiful one. Mark McMain, candidate for Congress. But, but you, you'll you hear this. You'll, you'll get up on some podium someplace, some radio show, and you'll start talking about, we need to secure the border. And your critics on the other side of the aisle will, will immediately start yelling racism and xenophobe and the rest of it. Well, of course, because that's their go-to language. And, and that's what you say when you have no other thought in the game. For me, it has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with fear of immigrants. It has everything to do with the rule of law. We're a sovereign nation, and a sovereign nation has guidelines. Canada does it. Hey, Tim, Mexico does mm-hmm. it. Mexico on their southern border. So if I was to go to the, the the Mexican border and just blew past the border security and didn't show them my passport, didn't show them my ID, and I just started running into Mexico, they'd probably put a bullet in my back. So 
All we're asking for is reciprocity. It's the same deal that, we're, that our neighboring nations require. You mentioned also Mark McMain, candidate for Congress. You mentioned energy and energy independence. Uh, today, the statewide average per AAA in Atlanta, 311, up a couple of pennies from last week, up more than a dollar, almost a dollar from last year. More than that are the forecasts that say it's going to go higher. In weeks. What's changed in the last year? Yeah, when you look at the Keystone Pipeline being shut down and the chain of events that's taken place since that, and every policy that Biden has regarding energy has been catastrophic to us. So now we're not just seeing it at the pumps. We're now seeing the inflation in every facet of our lives, whether it be food, services, shipping, everything that that involves fuel and doesn't involve fuel. Inflation is through the roof. I just saw that in Mexico, inflation was 7.62%, I believe, somewhere in that ballpark this past year, the highest in 20 years. So we are we are at the doorsteps of record inflation, and that is directly due to Biden's policies. Which ones? Well, I, again, I start with the energy policies. That, that I think, is, is the biggest catalyst, and, the, and it creates the chain of events that we're talking people about People hear now. you say Keystone. Well, we, Keystone wasn't even constructed. There's no wall that was lost there, and it, I always try to explain futures and speculation to folks, and and and, and sometimes I'm more successful at that than others. But how do you how do you equate the loss of Keystone when again it wasn't actually constructed yet? Well, look, what, what Donald Trump did for us is that he made us energy independent, where we were harvesting our own oil. We were not so reliant on foreign nations' we were oil. Exporting it for crying out loud. That's right. We had so much we were exporting it, and we had industries being built upon it. With what what Biden has done when he comes in and, and he wants to start undoing those policies that Trump put into place, we knew it was going to happen. We knew that the gas prices would go up. We didn't think it was going to be this bad, but we knew that this was going to take place. And, and now we're, we're it's manifested itself and we're here. Quickly, just about a minute left here, Mark McMain, 10th District candidate for Congress. Our forum down in Oconee County back the end of October, a dozen candidates there, probably still. You did an amazing job, by the way. Thank you. It's always fun. Uh, Nobody's a candidate till they qualify. That's in March. But assuming that a big crowd of folks do, and it's an open congressional seat, how do you stand out in in terms? How do you separate yourself uh, and get into what would be a a runoff? We would think there'd be a runoff. How do you do that? Yeah, look, I'm an entrepreneur, uh, and and that's a, a big difference from a business owner. And an entrepreneur means that you start things from nothing. And, and I'm, I, you risk things to be an entrepreneur. It, it, every business that I've started, I've started from scratch and in the basement of my house. The, the level of energy that's going to be required to go to Washington, D.C. and do what we need to do to legislate correctly and to serve our constituents correctly, I have that energy. And there is no way that you can sit up there and, and serve your nation for 20 years and do it correctly. I'm a term limits candidate. I think that six, eight, 10 years maximum is all that you need to be in the House. And if you're doing it right at the end of six or eight years, you should be exhausted. If you're legislating, and you're serving your constituents correctly. Mark McMain, candidate for Congress. The website is Mark for Congress. Mark for he spells it wrong, by the way. He spells it with a C. I M-A-R-C. thought that was the right way. Okay, there you go. Mark McMain, M A R C, Mark for Congress dot com. Uh, Mark McMain, M C M A I N. The last name there, folks can Google that. More information as well. Uh, two sons, how are they handling this? Oh, they're they're great. They're very supportive. I'm very blessed. My boys, my younger son goes to Georgia College in Milledgeville. My older son's at the Naval Academy, and they're both on board with what Dad's doing. And and my wife has been incredibly supportive of this process as well. And we are, uh, 
look, we're, we're, we're blessed. We like the position of our campaign. While some of my competitors are seeking endorsements from career politicians, I'm getting endorsements from law enforcement officials, and I'm, I'm blessed to have those. Mark McMahon, candidate for Congress. Thanks for riding out this morning. Best of luck. We'll talk again soon. Thank you, sir.